this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. For our story episode, we are going back to the basics, talking about just the settings of athletic training. Which I feel like, especially lately, has really broadened. I mean, I know that there's there's been broad settings, but I feel like lately there's been a push for there's more than just their traditional setting. Yes, and I feel like it's grown in popularity amongst mm-hmm. ATs as well. Mm-hmm. So this episode was actually a requested episode a while back, a couple months ago, by Stephanie B., and then again requested by Jen K. just recently. Yes. So there definitely was some uh, some desire for this episode. You know what? I actually, I was hesitant on, on picking this because I wasn't sure. I never know, like, what. <laughs> I'm really bad, apparently, at guessing if you guys are going to send all the stories, if you guys are not going to send that many stories. This one, there were so many stories. It took so long to get back to you guys. And then also, um, I don't think I even had to go through the question boxes to respond to anyone. Uh, no, it's nice too. Is it? I, I think we got like a good variety of settings too. We did. So we're looking at, um, we actually got a lot of high school. Okay. Which I think is fair. Right. I can see that. High school, um, industrial, some physician clinic areas. Um, we have a couple of pro settings. Nice. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure the uh, college ATs didn't have time to submit submit stories <laughs> to begin with. So We actually have two <laughs> collegiate stories nice. at the end. And I guess mine and yours. Yeah, true. So, but again, didn't have time to submit that one. <laughs> so a breakdown, actually, um, just from looking at what our followers specifically okay. are, we have about 46% of our, our listeners, our followers, whoever answered the Instagram story question... Um, are in high school, middle school, or youth sports. Nice. About 36 to so 10% less are in collegiate setting. Okay. We have 11% in emerging setting or other. And I bet that one's growing. Mm-hmm. I bet that one's growing. And 6% in the pro or Olympic realm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. And that was of a couple hundred people who responded. Nice. Yeah. Good soup. Um. So actually the first... A story that I put in is from Jamie H. And this one's just like kind of a bunch of different (laughs) like pros and cons. I felt like it was a good opener. Okay. So Jamie said, I used to work collegiately, then went to a PT clinic, and now I work as needed or PRN and teach AT at a high school part time. Collegiate is unmatched, but it's so stressful and time consuming. PT was so incredibly rewarding at times, helping people just live their lives in less pain. Teaching high schoolers is fun and hard and <laughs> rewarding sometimes, depending on their moods that day. That's fair. I I totally agree with the collegiate statement. Right. Like, it is the setting that I definitely love, but then I also look at the mirror and I'm like, why did why this setting? <laughs> why did you do this to yourself? Okay, but also to be fair, and I feel like I'm going to say this a bazillion times this episode, um, but I feel like even within the setting... It is so different. So different, like, yeah. Not only, like, let's say collegiate. Let's break that down. So we have Division One collegiate. We have Division Two. We have Division Three. We NAIA. have NAIA. We have community college. JUCOs. We have so JUCOs. Um, so just like the bro- like just yeah, the breadth of that. But then also, if you look at like 
in the division ones you have like big division ones you got but your you also power have, five you have your mid majors right and even like within like let's say but but the problem with like division one is once you slap the label of oh you're division one it doesn't matter what level you are because now everyone thinks oh we're power five right <laughs> so you're at a mid major you realize what you are but the athletic environment around you is like no no no, no. we got to be like this and you're like Okay, but I don't have the resources like that. But I was going to say, even like within your, like, let's say Division Two conference. Yeah. Like working at each of those schools is yes. going to be so different. Yes. And that's what I think is so crazy because like, let's say even if you get burnt out of working at the college setting, like even if you don't want to work at your spot anymore, like technically you could probably switch to another college you know the environment, you know, yes. like, the fundamentals of what it is like to be a college AT. And then, like, admin's different. Yep. The politics might be different. The athletes and coaches, like, you could depending still your work. relationships are different. Yeah, you could still work D1 without being Power 5. Yes. So, keep that in mind. Yes. So, anyway, I wanted to start with high school because we actually, I think most people responded with high school. Nice. So, which is really exciting. Yeah, no, because I sure. feel like this gets overlooked a lot. Oh, absolutely, and there's definitely a big need for ATs in the high school because that's that's the start. You know, that's where a lot of these um, athletes and students actually get exposed to what an athletic trainer is. Right. I didn't have an athletic trainer in my high school. That's right. Did you? We did, but I wasn't in athletics, and at that time, I didn't really know right, what an right. AT was. But I do remember looking back. Yes, we did have an AT. Uh, you want to read the first one? Yes, this one's by Amanda M. Love working with youth and young adults. They are so impressionable. It's the best time to make a positive difference in their lives. There's nothing better than helping shape a student athlete's life and high school experience from freshman to senior, which is 14 to 18 years old. Nothing like sharing a sideline with them for four years and helping them grow as they overcome adversity, whether it's injuries, social issues, mental health or mental health stuff. Those relationships carry on into the future, too. I love getting calls from kids in college sharing their newest athletic achievements or looking for advice on a bad day. I truly believe secondary school ATs can make the biggest difference. I'll never forget when a student asked me to read his college essay without telling me what it was about. He wrote about me and the difference I made in his life just by being there for him through the many challenges high school brings. It really touched my heart and made me so proud to work with this population. I'm absolutely staying a while. These kids bring so much joy and fulfillment to my life. It makes the late nights and weekend games all worth it. Maybe I'll feel different someday when I have children of my own, but for now, the 500 plus kids I care for each season are my world. That's sweet. Right. Which, that a lot of the high school 80s who love high school, that's the common theme that I get. Is just that impact that you get to make on these kids. Right. I feel like that, even in my setting, I'm at, I'm at a junior college. I feel like even at my setting, because I know this is not their end goal, like they're yeah. moving forward. Um, and some of them don't have athletic trainers in high school. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of like the extension of it. Juco is kind of like a mix of like your high school and your collegiate setting, yeah. especially like where you are. Depending. Yeah, depending where you are. I would say, yeah, I'd say like how your schedule is kind of structured is it's very similar. 
mm-hmm. to like what you would expect working in a high school. Right. I mean, you have to take care of a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Yep. And you have football. <laughs> I mean, my school does. Yeah. I mean, that's just going back to like, there are some community colleges that have like seven sports or like less than that. Like, that's great. Right? That's great. And they don't have football or track or track. None of the big stuff. None of of the ones that have like millions of bodies. That is a big difference, though. And I, you know, you and I talk about it a lot. Um, High school, four years. Typical college, four years. Yes. Community college, two years. So a lot At of times, most three? No, well, I mean, like... Yeah. Because, I mean, we could talk about uh, regular college. You've got your super seniors, people yeah, who stay there that's forever. That's true, but athletically, you're <laughs> limited to five. Well, that's still a super senior. That's true. So, anyway, the, um, I feel like two years is good for me, but I know that you feel like two years is like so different for you than four yes i like four to five but (laughs) there's also those ones that you're like man you're here for four more years huh (laughs) so yes there are pros and cons but in general i like the four-year structure i like having my kids for a while and you do it is nice because with the four years you do see a lot of growth and that's why i liked the university is kind of the same aspect of what they're saying about the high school. You get to see these kids develop. You know, when you're working in the college setting, you know, we get to see the kids develop into who they're about to be in the adult world, like going into their passions and, you know, pursuing the goals that they had going through college. So that that's always special. I've learned a lot from my student athletes just about what they want to do, like what their major is, what they're doing with that. Like, that's really cool. My athletes are mostly confused on what they want to do. Well, that's what community <laughs> college is for. You're finding yourself. You know, what do I want to do? Right. Um, but I did actually have a couple softball girls actually yesterday who were like, oh, yeah, we were we were filming a Title IX video and we mentioned you and Stephanie, who's my coworker. And they're like, yeah, we just really are inspired by you two. Oh, and my we gosh. We want to be an awesome. athletic trainer. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know this. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that. It, it it really is stuff like that really it does make those long hours and uh uh weekend games a little more worth it <laughs> um so this next one's also high school so callie h said i fell in love with walking through life with high school kids i connected it with them easily and felt like i was actually making a difference in their lives for me it was bef- between performing arts and high school i had a rotation at a junior college and hated it I was a dancer and worked at Disney as a performer, but ultimately, I felt like high school is where I could make the biggest difference. I also absolutely think that being a mom helps. Some of my kids at work call me mom. I think being a mother makes me a better athletic trainer. I try to make sure they know that they are deeply loved for who they are today. High school is a weird time, and at the end of the day, they just want to be seen and known. I've watched my tough football boys kneel down to talk to my daughter about her favorite color (laughs) or animal. She had gained a set of surrogate siblings. My son just wants to run around with them. Yeah, that sounds about right. It, it That is true. High school is a very weird time. <laughs> yeah. It, very it really weird is. time. It, really it is. is the awkward stage for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people peak in high school. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, there are some people that peak in high school. Um, I really liked this uh, perspective about like being a mother and how that affects how she 
sees her setting. No, 100%. I mean, I think most ATs will agree that you are literally the parent for these kids. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, sometimes you look out for them more than... I mean, not in general. Hopefully, the parents are looking out for their own kids. But I mean, like, sometimes... You know what? You'd be surprised. Right, right. That's why I brought that up. That Like, sometimes... You know, parent life. Yeah. I don't know what's going on at home, but sometimes you are the one who's looking out for these kids. Yeah. Yeah, usually I have to tell them, make make good choices, please. Oh, gosh. Well, especially like you have a lot of international kids, so... Oh, goodness, yes. Sometimes you have to guide them a little bit more, like, oh, like mom and dad are countries away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Like beyond the ocean. Yep. They are definitely across the pond. Right. Big pond. Right. All right, this next one's by Karina G. In Texas, the high school setting is pretty well paid depending on your area. I'm making 66K. I have Sundays off, no overnight travel, no teaching, and I'm not on call 24-7 like I was in the collegiate setting. I'm assistant AT. We only travel with varsity football and playoff games for other sports. At my spot, there is a great staff and my head AT works so well with me as a mom of three under four years old. Can't pass that up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can't pass that up with no teaching or middle school duties. A hundred percent. I mean, shoot, just the base salary without teaching for a high school. Man, I feel like that's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Especially like Texas uh, cost of living. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because that's like what some colleges are paying out here. But that's like, I would say I think the community college range is typically from 65 to 75 starting salary yeah with um oh wait in california community college in california southern california yeah. i don't know about northern hey uh, i think it's about i think california just in general yeah but northern california is like way more expensive to live isn't yeah it? but I, yeah so from what i've seen like because i'm always on the job board i was like see <laughs> movers and shakers I feel like the salary is still about the same, maybe maybe a hair more. Oh, really? But to adjust for the cost of living, it's kind of tough. <laughs> right. We actually have a, a Bay Area story. Ooh, nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that uh, that 24-7 of the collegiate setting life, that, that does get tough sometimes. Okay. But I have to say, I think it's also where you set your boundaries. It is. That's true. Because like, I could go home and really not answer my phone or answer my emails for the most part i think lately i have opened myself up to that Uh uh, mostly because it's fall um and i got added to our huddle so i feel you wanted that well yeah because i have direct access to when coaches don't let me know things you see that that's the uh that's the double-edged sword you know you want certain accesses to things but then once you go down that road you're like Dang it. All right. But no, it is good to have. Right. And and you know what? That's why I really do like the collegiate setting is because I do have like that much control and access to the student athletes. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I really like it. Yes, it does. Well, you could text your student athletes and yeah. like you can't really do that in the high school setting. Yeah, that's weird. But um, yeah, no. So that's why I, I definitely have enjoyed the collegiate setting. Um, yes, sometimes they do. I would say the athletes are are pretty good about it. Like, I don't think that they 
if they're texting me, it's either they're trying to see when they can come into the athletic training room the next day or something's like something's wrong. Right. Most times it's the coaches, but I have a good set of coaches that they they know by now that I'm probably not going to respond at like nine o'clock at night. I actually feel like my last community college setting, I was texting coaches more than I am now. Maybe you get most of your stuff done during the day. You don't have to. Yeah. I I don't know. Then that just goes back to the fact that like literally even in within the setting, it could be yeah. completely yeah. See, that, different yeah. goes back to that. Um. So we also got this one from Christina, um, Christina S. And she was saying that I always wanted to work in high school because that's where I found my love for AT. And I think that this is so like cool because yeah. i feel like a lot of people who like really enjoy the high school is that's kind of the story like they start that's where they got their their the, beginning yeah or their dream is to go back to their high school and give back oh, I've, yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. that one too mm-hmm. um i actually got into athletic training because i was working with our football team yep um which i think is why i like working with football i'm sorry <laughs> but then I wanted to bring it to performing arts. Yeah. And so in my head, like as a student, I was going to work in performing arts, which I did. I still do, but it's not, that's not what I, it's not, it's not what I expected, I think. Yeah. And and we actually do have some stories about how uh, people have changed settings. Actually, 38% of our followers have changed settings since they got certified. Ooh, interesting. That's actually like a, a pretty, like, Big number. Yeah. Like almost half. Yeah, interesting. Just under half of our followers have changed settings. I'd be interesting to see if it was they started out in the collegiate set. Like, because like a lot of positions, right? You were probably a GA mm-hmm. at like a bigger, you know, collegiate setting mm-hmm. where being a GA and being at a big school, you, know, you get taken advantage of. You know, they, they definitely like to work you to the bone. I think that's changing, but yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that might, oh, I'd be interested to see if like how many of, of that 38% were kind of like maybe that situation. We actually have two GAs that started at the high school. Ooh, uh, stories. Interesting. Um. Oh, wait. I mean, no. One GA that started at a high school, one GA that started at a college. Got it. Actually, you know what? Just anyway, let's get back to Christina's <laughs> story before we run away with that topic. Um. So Christina said, I always wanted to work in high school because that's where I found my love for AT. I was always hurt and bonded with mine and realized I wanted to be like her and make an impact on others like she did for me. Nice. For things I would change, honestly, I think respect and resources. I had an athlete who broke his distal fib two weeks ago and went on his official visit to a D1 school and came back to tell me about how amazing their ET was and he used to work for the NFL and is what he said about his ankle. And I was like... I said the same exact things <laughs> and it kills me that I don't have money for better equipment and rehab tools or even a nicer room. I can't give them all as much as I would like to in order to help them be the best and help injuries. Yeah, no, I feel that. And that's why, you know, that's why I like the collegiate setting. Cause that's where, like I've said it before, like that's where I feel like I'm able to impact them the most. And that's why the, the high school AT or, you know, a lower, I don't want to say lower, but like, um, like a different setting, um, AT who doesn't have a lot of resources, 
right? They're able to do amazing things with less. Mm-hmm. Compared it, oh, to your creativity is like yeah, at the roof. Compared to like again, like your big D ones, your pro setting, right? Like they have insane amount of resources. They can have whatever they want. Which again, like I've been to a larger D one. I definitely have never been. I've never worked at a power five. But like even like a larger D one, like you have all these bells and whistles. And to be honest, I barely used any of them because like they don't really. I don't know. Like, I don't think they really make that much of the difference. Right. Right. I think it if just... you need that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like the ATs at these other levels that don't have the resources that these like larger schools or like, you know, pro level, like they're able to still do amazing things with less. And it's pretty awesome to see. That is one of the biggest bummers. I feel like when people are interviewing for for a sweating set a sweating a setting <laughs> switch and i feel like people discount their experience from other Absolutely. settings because it is first of all it is so important to have a diversity in not only just the standard diversity things but also your experiences like 100 someone from a high school knows how to multitask so well well that's the thing that gets me is like when all these like like i understand like some of the college jobs, right? They want you to have, like, if you're applying to a D1 job, right? They want you to have college experience and they're always going to prefer D1 experience. And I understand, like, the pressure part, like, understanding, like, the stress and, like, how things kind of have to be done yesterday. Like, I get that. But, like, to totally discount, like, what a high school AT goes through, if anything, I would say the high school AT probably works harder. Oh, yeah. Right? You have to take care of, like, like 500, 500 plus. plus kids. You probably have football. You know, and you're managing that, you're managing parents. Like, I just, I, I don't like it when, like, those settings, like, try and discount that. Like, oh, they just worked high school, they're out. No, like, that's a valuable experience that could probably make the college job better. Right. I think the only thing that has some validity is, like, let's say community college. Like, we do insurance claims. We do, like, I've worked with student insurance, so I know, like, exactly how that works. I know what the what the policies on that are, like, red shirts, gray shirts. Like, I know all the background on those. Like, everything that's specific to community college, but also, can you learn those things? You can learn those things. Exactly. Like, I learned those things before I was in this, like, position. So exactly. You can learn those things. Um, but anyway, we have one more. Uh, this one is actually what I was talking about with... Uh, GA position okay. to, to high school. This one's by Kara S. I was in the collegiate setting and went secondary school after my GA position ended. COVID pushed me to switch because I needed a job. And I'm so thankful for it. Making a difference in kids' lives as they grow up is so important. You're a role model, leader, and nurturer. I miss having less athletes for sure and much deeper relationships. But one of the best things is being a positive influence and mentor. I forgot how much influence my coaches and teachers had on me. Yeah, definitely. It's an influential time. 100%. And I, I agree. Having less athletes is... <laughs> that is... Yes. And it's true. The deeper relationships. Like, you... Like, definitely, like... You get to know the kids a little bit more. And you definitely understand them, like, at a different level. Well, I think it also has to do with like the minor thing yeah, because of course. you can have a little bit of more like yeah. know them a little bit better yeah. without being creepy. Yeah, there you go. That's a good rule of thumb. 
Um, you want to move into industrial? Yeah, let's do industrial it. Which, world. by the way, I have heard everyone I've talked to who's worked in it seems to love it. Yeah, I. That is what I've heard. I don't think I know anyone who's changed industrial that doesn't like it. I know they definitely miss some things. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but I think a lot of the people who do switch are like looking for a change, and so it's like, yeah. oh, it's that breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um. So Jesse C says, I was in the college setting for 19 years at D1, D2, and NAIA. Two months ago, I switched to the industrial setting. I switched to have a bit less stress, more nights at home, and the possibility to move and still stay within the same company. Oh, nice. And a 20% raise was also enticing. Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm pretty sure the industrial setting pays really well. Oh, I'm sure. Like for all the people who I know who are in the industrial setting... They're making a pretty penny. That's awesome. Um, anyway, the industrial setting is different, but still the relationships that you develop are very similar. And now I have time to work when I want if high schools and colleges need help. Nice. I work for a company that is in several areas. I have four Costco's and an Nabisco distribution warehouse. Hey, one of my classmates, you know, during COVID was doing Costco. Mm-hmm. I also occasionally get the ergonomic evaluations in the area. The thing I miss about the collegiate setting is the collaboration between colleagues and tackling a problem together. I'm kind of alone with day-to-day problems now. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, I I feel like performing arts. So when I w- when I was primarily doing performing arts, it's very the performing arts I was doing. I ha- I mean, twofold one. A music amusement park but one, uh, one like professional performing uh-huh. arts like they're very different so this one I'm just talking more like amusement park but it's kind of similar to like the industrial setting yeah. because the industrial we have an industrial side too and so with that um, it I would say like I was able to make some really good relationships that really felt like I would be in the traditional setting. Yeah. Um, but some of the like scope of practice yeah. a little bit changed. And I think that's where like the cons were for me. Which, you know, uh, speaking of industrial setting, we actually had a great interview that kind of talked about some of that mm-hmm. stuff like that in, mm-hmm. in one of our previous episodes. Right. I don't, uh, with Mike Con. Yeah. Who kind of talked about like that learning curve about like, um, the differences between the industrial and traditional and how like some terms are a little bit different. And then you have to deal with, you know, OSHA and you have to abide by that. Right. Because a lot of it's like injury prevention. Exactly. Which I feel like we are starting to really incorporate more, but I mean, it is definitely one of our domains, but I feel like that's not really the focus of a lot of traditional yeah. athletic trainers. Well, yeah. Cause man, when you're working <laughs> traditional athletics is just about survival. <laughs> you know what? You just survive. Until is... summer. And then you have ideas for prevention, but then all of a sudden season it's starts. Fall. <laughs> and then you're like, well, now I need to survive again. Right. Um, so Kelly G is our next story, and she is also she actually wanted to go into industrial as a student and Ooh, still is. So Kelly G says, I did an industrial clinical rotation as an athletic training student and loved it. Which is cool that you did that as a AT student. I know. That's interesting. That is so cool. Now I'm working in that setting. My rotation was at a space center in Florida, working with a variety of employees from custodial to engineers. But now I'm in the hospitality industry, contracted to a resort. Food and food and beverage, housekeepers, that sort of thing. 
I think the biggest difference is looking at and addressing root causes of injury. A field hockey athlete isn't having back pain for the same reason a mechanical engineer that sits at a dash all day is having back pain. Same with a housekeeper that makes 80 plus beds a day. It's all the same principles. The body moves how the body is going to move, but you got to think outside the box on the why. I hope that makes sense. LOL. I love this setting for that reason. I love the challenge and getting creative with the how and the why. The general population is very different than your D1 athletes, which is what our entire education is based around, but they need us just as much as athletes do, which is true. Our education is definitely geared towards a very athletic population. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, agree with that. Even I was writing for my class and I'm like looking through equipment fitting and a lot of it is so sport-based and yep. there's just like a little bit that's talking about like orthotics and yeah. and I think they, they talk about prosthetics a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. And then also like just different bracings and yeah. like surgical braces, but then it talks more about like functional braces yep. and football helmets and ice hockey helmets and baseball, softball, all that. So, um, which actually leads into our next story quite well. This one is... Um, by Becca W. She actually, I went to school with her, and we actually already shared this story. I mean, parts of it. Yeah, and then she, sound familiar. she added on to it. Um, the reason why I'm sharing it, actually, I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll, I'll talk about it in the end, um, but I'm resharing it because this is just a really cool. Um, I never heard of an athletic trainer that worked in the Department of Orthotics and Prosthetics, and she does. The only reason I know that is because I have seen their job postings a lot. So they actually have two. I, two. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw that. So um, she said, I am one of six ATCs in the department, and we are assigned to different hospitals in the system. As an ATC, we sat for our CFO, which is Certified Fitter of Orthotics exam, and we fit all of the shelf orthotic devices, knee braces, slings, etc. We work with orthotics and prosthetists, prosthetists. They do all the custom orthotics and prosthetics. When I was a student, I wanted to be in the collegiate setting, but the lifestyle this offered me made me change my oh, mind. I bet. I bet. Plus, I got an amazing boss out of the deal, which makes all the difference. Nice. Which, I mean, honestly, you could be in the perfect setting and without having a like good admin support or a oh, good boss. Oh, it, my goodness. It makes a big difference. Right. Which is, you know, we talk to students about it, but like, I don't think we emphasize that as much. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... I feel like just normal daily, no, no, you don't have to be an athletic trainer to know that people make fun of their bosses all the time. It's like, oh, I hate my boss. I hate my boss. But it's like real life. If you don't like your boss, you won't like your job. Work gets tougher. Yeah. Work gets tougher. Right. So Becca continues, I specifically work in patients. So I fit patients with braces and educate them on their new device post-surgically while they're staying in the hospital. Nice. Since I work inpatient, I work very close with the surgeons, their residents, PAs, PTs, OTs, and nurses to provide the patient with the exact brace they need, which may require some minor modifications to the brace in order to allow it to fit properly. I could talk about what I do all day long, but this is the basic idea. I make more than enough money to live in the Bay Area. Oh, that's nice. Um, This is the Bay Area I was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, that's really awesome. I can't give you an exact number because we actually just got raises and the final numbers haven't come in yet, but the general range is 68K to 90K, depending on experience, etc. Also, annual cost of living raises that are 4 to 5% each year. Nice. 
I work in the UC system, so the benefits are amazing. Many medical jealous. insurance... <laughs> Very jealous. <laughs> Many medical insurance options, free vision and dental. Excellent retirement retirement program and four weeks PTO per year. Also, hours-wise, I work 8 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, and ATs have all holidays off. Our residents work on call on weekends and holidays. And like I said, they're actually hiring for two <laughs> I was open say, positions. If that all sounds <laughs> impressive to you. Um, and these apps can be found on the NATA job board. Also, um, they have an Instagram that Becca started running, I believe. Oh, nice. Um, at UCSFOP. So make sure you check that out. We just started following it. So I'm, I'm excited nice. to check that out. And it's just a new, like, um, I feel like it's a different realm than what we normally hear oh, 100%. when you're talking about athletic training, especially like you hear people in the physician setting, but not that's right. That's different. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Mm hmm. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Which I feel like between the two of us, I feel like the physician realm is kind of that one kind of industrial and military are the three that are kind of out of reach for us that we haven't worked in. Yeah. Like you've done pro, you've kind of done Olympic volunteering, Uh um, D1, collegiate, NAIA. Um, I've done community college high school, performing arts, yep. youth. Yeah, you've done youth. So I feel like we really like cover a lot, like we're really broad, yeah. but I feel like those actually. Oh, definitely. You know what's actually, we got one story, but I didn't share it, Um, about private practice. Ooh, we, we, yeah. We don't really have that on here, which I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah, me too, actually. I feel like a lot of ATs are trying to trying to go that route. And I feel like we have a lot of people who usually share about private practice, hey, so... Our guy, Mike Stella, mm-hmm. he's got he's got mm-hmm. his private practice. We did get some pros and cons, so I might... I don't... I haven't decided yet if I'm just going to put those in the Facebook group or what. Got it. We'll see. Yeah. Some pros and cons of their settings. Um... I feel like for a big con for me, because I've run a couple businesses now, which, oh, we need to stop doing that. Um, I feel like the tough thing about businesses or like even contract work, because contract work, you can, you're all independent contractors. Yeah. So like you have to, you have to make your own schedule, which could yeah. be a pro, but also like. Could be a con. You have to chase your paycheck. Yeah. You don't have an automatic you got to take out your own taxes. Right. You got to account for that. Right. And I think that's like a lot of the same cons that you have with like private practice. Like you don't have to, like you could take your own clients, you can choose whoever, but also you have to like you don't really get, sell yourself. Yeah. You, it's just not like automatic. Yeah. You don't get like a paid vacation right away. Right. Because if you don't see someone, right. if you don't work that day, you don't get paid. Right. I like the idea of private practice. Yeah. I. The idea sounds nice. I feel like it's a lot more work than I think people realize. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that if you are are willing to do that work, I think it's a great option. Yeah. It, and I think I, if I you think, have that motivation. Oh, definitely. I think one of the toughest things when I think about it is like, really like having a team. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, you, you kind of lose that if private practice, maybe not, you know, I'm sure there's a way you could kind of work around, but like. See, well, not like my, like my. Yeah performing arts yeah but like you know seeing the team every day like what you'd get like in a traditional setting as annoying as sometimes some people can be 
they do make the day go by better. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like the idea of private practice. Um, so Aaron G is our next story. Um, you want to read this one? Yes. She says, I knew while I was in school that I wanted the non-traditional setting. I love athletics, but the general population just calls to me. I tried to get my clinicals at industry and clinic settings to support this want. I've been certified for four years and was in the industrial setting for three of those. I recently just switched to the physician practice and am loving it. It's similar because I'm working with a similar population. More on the geriatric side, but there is a good amount of middle-aged people coming in for care, so that part is pretty similar. It's super different because I'm directly working with a doctor and a PA instead of sending athletes to them or calling them for care of an athlete. They are seeing patients, and I'm simultaneously working with those same patients and helping them navigate care. I also get to see more wound care. I barely did wound care in industry, so I'm enjoying that process. That's true. Mm-hmm. Kind of seeing that side of wound care to be be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like um, working with a drug. I mean, okay, this is that also is cool. this is also something that like along the different settings, like how much are you working with your overseeing physician? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like she is obviously working directly with a doctor and a PA, whereas like. Um, I might see my doc once a week, yeah, maybe twice a week if he comes in the clinic. Um, some, some community colleges don't have a doc to come in the clinic or they don't, um, if they don't have football then, and they don't have anyone to come in the clinic, then they might not see their doc at all. Um, but they're more like, you know, do you, can you text your doc? Can you, or is it just a phone call only? Um, I have, I have, we have multiple different docs that we work with. One of them um, only corresponds through his assistant. Okay. Um, so we don't have direct access, which is an interesting relationship. <laughs> one of them we can text. One of them we can't. He calls me all the time, <laughs> like three times a day. So it's kind of funny to see like that different working relationship, even within the same setting. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Within the same job. Yeah. I was going to say, I, because of COVID, I've yet to actually physically meet my doc. Oh, really? I've been on Zoom. I've talked to him on the phone and I've texted him. But to actually meet him in front of me in person, I've yet to do that. That's really surprising because you go to his office. Yeah, I mostly see the front desk because I'm dropping something off mm. and then I leave. Mm. So the front desk has seen me. Right. They're probably like, who is this weird person? <laughs> That keeps dropping off donuts or Gatorade, but. Or shirts. Or shirts. Yeah, thank your docs. I try, yeah, I try to take care of them. Because if anything, man, they're doing us the biggest favor, to be honest. Like, they do a really good job of squeezing our kids in and, and like, you know, depending on the level, right? Like, some of these smaller colleges, to be honest, it, I mean, yes, they are getting the patient referrals. So there's the revenue stream. But, like, they're volunteering their time to like squeeze in these patients and oh, yeah. like to have you text them at like five o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night. Right. right. Like they're volunteering their time. So it's that's how I look at it. I was like, man, you're if anything, you're helping me out more than anything. What was your doc situation at your bigger D1? Like, what do you mean? I, well, I mean, OK, so. How often did you have docs come in? The larger D1, we had docs every day. That's crazy. Monday through Friday. That is 
That is crazy. That's really cool. It's cool. And it's also a pain at the same time. Because, because Yeah, because now there's the expectation. Oh, right. So now coaches are definitely in your ear about someone seeing the dock. At my smaller D1 that I was at, we had a dock twice a week. Mm-hmm. But like two different doctors. So we'd have a sports med on one day and then we'd have an ortho on another day. Mm-hmm. And that worked out really well. I mean, if we had to get a student athlete in sooner to a certain doctor, like we could just schedule the, into their office. Mm-hmm. But like to actually physically come to the university, it was twice a week, which is nice. I say at least having once a week is nice. So the doc that we have that comes in is a an ortho. And then we have a, and, and I don't know how, Kaiser's kind of like a California thing, right? I think they have branched out more. Well, if, other you, if you guys know in California what Kaiser is, if you know outside of California what Kaiser is, then hopefully you don't have to deal with it that much. But yeah. We have a Kaiser doc, and then we have a non-Kaiser doc, and um, and then we also have a concussion doctor. Yeah. And I'm working on getting a team dentist. Hey, I, I added one this year. It's pretty dope. Yeah. I'm just worried that I'm not going to have one when I have... I need to get it before basketball season. Yeah, that I is, would. That's the biggest thing. Hey, the uh, what is it's the uh, American Association of Sports mm. Dentistry or something like that. They have a directory right. that you can look up. Right. It's probably not that hard. I just need and to... And you know what? I learned that it. from NATA. I know. And yeah, and I used those, it, and it was those perfect. Doc said that we can reduce teeth. Yes, that's crazy to me. I mean, I know like they were very pro AT. It was dope to see. Right, I know if the tooth like falls out, but like, I don't know if the whole bone moves. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I don't. Pretty I don't dope. know about that. Anyway, uh, you want to go into uh, this next one? Yeah. All right, this one's by anonymous. I wanted to work with elite athletes, but honestly, never thought I'd get here. I had so many expectations of what I thought would happen getting to the Olympic level, but none of it was true for me. It was such a blessing, but also opened my eyes to so many things no one really talks about working at such a high level. Politics, med staff expectations, travel, etc. I love what I've been able to do and love my job, but man, it gets exhausting. I love that I get to work with people who are so in tune with their bodies. I get to travel the world and meet slash work with some of the coolest people who are also high achievers and have like-minded values. I think you definitely have to have a certain personality to work well at this level, just like any other level. I can never work at a high school level long-term because I struggle with the parents and coaches. Oh, I feel <laughs> that. But I know, but I know and have so much respect for ATs in that setting because they have to have so much patience to succeed there. Agreed. I'd say that the least favorite is the politics that are involved with working with high-profile athletes and organizations. There's always a level of worrying about the media. Sometimes money and how the media will perceive something takes precedence over what the provider thinks is medically necessary, and it sucks. You also get a ton more pressure from not just coaches, but CEOs, administration, higher-ups to get an athlete to the same level of play. And I'm actually taking a small hiatus from elite athletics right now. I burned out after working nonstop for a full Olympic cycle and needed some time to find some normalcy. 
I have a two, two-year-old son and wanted to be home more with him. It's been a rough transition for me being, I guess, stuck in one place working with general population, but I needed the time to not travel for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, again, it's it's always a trade-off depending on the setting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, definitely the pro, you do have a lot of those nice things. Right. You get a lot of cool stuff <laughs> and a lot of, you know, a lot of big perks, but there's also, there are going to be some sacrifices to to get that. I also feel like you say like, oh, I work for this. And people are like, <gasps> and you're like, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> well, and that's the biggest thing is like, it's always the athletes because, because we work in athletics, everyone likes to structure like level of importance or like, because in athletics, athletes are always trying to go to a higher level, right? Like those high school athletes, right? They're trying to be a college athlete and that's viewed as being better those college athletes want to be pro athletes, right? That's viewed as being better, right? So athletes like to think that that's the same for all athletic structures. So everyone thinks like, oh, like, would you like to work at like USC one day? Or like, you should be the AT at USC. And it's like, athletics doesn't, like working in athletics is not like the same as being an athlete, right? Right. Those levels don't mean they're better. They're just different. Way different. Way different. And you're right. It it does take a certain personality to work <laughs> certain levels for sure. Um, this one is actually pretty cool. We got a minor league hockey story. Ooh, interesting. And um, ours are actually pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to read it? All right. This one's by Anonymous. I work in professional minor league hockey. I love it. A huge perk is the hours. Typically during a practice day, I get to the rink around 730. Practice at 10 to 11.30. Then I'm leaving the rink as early as 1 p.m. That's a great time. <laughs> I'm kind of on that schedule. You are on that schedule. Hey, I, I feel you on this story. I did my master's at a D3 college. Those hours were not the same. You know what? D3, like the D3s that I know around here, some of them work like seven days. Oh, yeah, because like, you know, short staffed. Yeah, you got a lot to cover. But still, like... I know. I feel that. For me, Sundays, no. Mm-mm. We're not working. So Sundays. you're okay with six? Six days a week? I try as hard... I mean, <laughs> now, granted, I'm working <laughs> six days a week. But I try real, real hard to work five days. Sometimes it happens. And not... I mean, sometimes those six days are full six days. But sometimes, like, like me, I, technically, I think I worked six days this week. Okay, but you work like 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. <laughs> but I did like, I went out on Saturday for like an hour, an hour and 15. And then I was back home. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, also, your work is a lot further. Right. All right. Anywho, the story continues. Uh, game day and travel are a lot different, but still not that bad. I would also have to say the pay and housing are benefits. I signed an eight month contract with the with the potential to extend to a 12-month. Nice. I get an above-average pay for an AT in the college setting, as well as free housing. Oh, (laughs) you can't beat that. Mm -hmm. I live right outside of Atlanta in a gated community in a really nice apartment. The team even rented out furniture for me. It's not like that everywhere. I'm in the ECHL, but as I move up, things will get better and better. It does have its cons. I'm a new grad 
and I'm completely on my own. I have no AT coworkers. I have made friends with other ATs in the league, which is helpful. But if I run into an emergency or just a a brain fog, I have nobody to bounce ideas off of. Another perk of working any level pro hockey is the network. It's such a niche profession that I can move up in leagues fairly easy. I worked with a team last season in Massachusetts, and I just moved to Atlanta to be the head at a new team. My coach right now is all about moving up in leagues, so in the next year or two, I'm looking to move upward to a higher level league. The higher level league, the better the location, generally. I have a friend on the strength side who just moved to LA to work for a hockey team. I know others who have relocated to Maine or Massachusetts. It's exciting to me that I can potentially live all over the U.S. working just hockey. Right. Again, having that single sport, man, you can't beat it. No. You really can't. Um, I mean, for me, and, and this is why like, it's so variant by person. Yes. Because for me, I, I really like the variety. I really like I get bored really quick. And so, Variety's cool. And so I feel like just one team, I'd be like pulling out my hair. Like, I don't want to see you anymore. I need, <laughs> I need to see some other people. I feel that. But for me, it was just like the personalities. Because like a lot, of, again, when you have your kids for four years, uh-huh. they do the same. They, tre- they tend to do the same thing. So like, I know the kids who are going to complain about something and then not come in for rehab. And it's going to be like that for four years. For like all year. So yeah, that gets old. Right. And you're just like, hmm, okay. And then you get to tell the coach about the same kid, about their injury, (laughs) and they're confused. I'm like, bruh, I never see them. It's just going to be the same thing all the time. That's also something is like, I get one coach in the fall, or I mean like football. So like a bunch of different coaches, but like one head coach. And then I get like basketball, like a different coach and then in the spring i get baseball, that's a lot of personalities like, coach, like to manage but i don't have to like if i like getting annoyed with like one coach <laughs> or like over them like i'm a little bit done with you i don't have to work with them for a little while like i mean other than like that's true that's a win their non-traditional season but for yeah, I, but it's like, you know what? I need a, i need a little break from you coach that is nice i like that emphasis on coach um, so I'm actually just looking to see how much we have left. We have actually quite a decent amount of stories left. So nice. I'm proposing, why don't we cut it off here? We have, uh, some pro stories. We have some community college stories and another GA story. We can actually, why don't we just put in the next episode, our pros and cons. Okay. And then we can just make this a part two. Let's do it. And then I'll see, I'll reach out and see if we can get some private practice. Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, for part two. That'd be cool. Yeah. And any other if you guys have any other settings that we didn't really even talk about, we didn't get military. I was very surprised. I feel like a lot of ATs are doing military. Right. We got some in the question mark well, boxes, but I didn't well, I didn't reach out. From what I've heard too is the military's trying to shift their healthcare towards a tradition like an athletic kind of setting. It's mm-hmm. because if you always look at their job descriptions, they always want someone who's been in collegiate athletics. You know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they're do. trying to they make do. a model like that. Mm-hmm. So. All right. And I heard the benefits are great. Oh, well, yeah. 
which by the way like scope of practice is almost anything like i know ats who are in military that like they're doing like dry needling and like in certain states like like in california the Mm -hmm. only people allowed to dry needle are acupuncturists right so when you're working for the military (laughs) your scope of practice is whatever anything (laughs) just do whatever I mean, technically, in I guess, California. I guess there, are, yeah, that's true. I guess there are some, you know, there's some pros when you got the the government behind you, <laughs> right? Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to this before we switch gears? No, I can't wait to talk about the pros and cons. I know. I think that'll be good. So, um, again, you guys, if you know someone who you um is in a setting that we didn't touch upon or if you're listening and you didn't submit a story make sure you get to that that to us uh you can email us atcornerds at gmail.com or you can um go on our instagram and just message us at atcornerpodcast um which by the way if you guys are new we do every other episode as education or story so part two is actually going to be in two weeks next week we're doing an education episode which do we know what that is yet we're doing a position statement series sweet um Oh, go ahead. I'll go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, the last thing that I was saying, um, because we're talking about settings, you know, a lot of athletic-trained students are, like, struggle with what setting they're right in and stuff like that. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of the good things about why we love our setting. But even if you, like, absolutely love your setting, we can all agree there are definitely frustrations. Yes. And not every day is going to be the best day in your setting, right? Like, I love the college setting. And I love every bit of it, but there's also parts that I'm just like, this is really annoying. Right. But it's still like, I couldn't see myself in another setting. So I think for the people that are, or like the athletic train students that are still trying to figure out what settings for them. I think the biggest thing is whatever settings you've tried and are looking to try, find those ones that, those portions of the setting that you just absolutely love that you couldn't live without, that might be your answer. Where the pros outweigh the cons. Exactly. And I think that's really where we're going to focus on next episode, like the next story episode, because we have a really big pros and cons list. Um, I'll have to delve in and see like what settings they're all from. But nice. I think, honestly, you can kind of guess where a lot of the pros and cons come from. Um, and a lot, a lot of them are also shared. Yeah across settings 100 so you just have to find a place that is the like i said the pros have to outweigh the cons absolutely so yeah every setting has those bad aspects of it and the frustrations there's gonna be days you're gonna leave work like but as long as it's out you know as long as the love and the passion for that settings outweighing those moments that's your setting that's that's probably a good one you got anything else? Oh, our Facebook group. We'll put up a story. We'll probably, uh, or I mean, not a story, a question. Question of the week in our Facebook group, uh, AT Corner. I always say that. Facebook.com <laughs> slash group slash AT Corner podcast. Um, join that group. Answer our question of the week. We might even tailor that to be part of our episode next week, too. Yes. Or in two weeks. Yeah. But who knows? We'll see in two weeks from now. Yep. You got anything else? Nope, that was perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye.